morning, Professor. Oh, good morning. You ready for our interview today? Absolutely. I've got a great one lined up. Um, you, you have an interview lined up? Yes, I've been making this appointment for a few weeks now. He has been emailing back and forth. He's got some great information on historical Oklahoma City. Oh, I, I thought we were going to do like a recap with local lights. Kind of sort of get like a second opinion on some of the places we've been to. Why would we do a recap? We've already covered that information. We should move forward. No, I mean, it's always good to have, you know, second, secondary sources. I suppose. Um, but these are fresh sources. This is fresh information. Shouldn't that be a priority? Uh, maybe we can compromise or something. Mm -hmm. uh, when's your interview start? Oh, I have him at the cafe now. Oh, uh, I'm supposed to meet them at Clarity pretty soon. All right, well, maybe we can split up. How's that sound? I, I suppose that would work. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we got more audio equipment from the studio. I can let you borrow some of it. I trust you to bring it back to bring it back here when you're done, and hmm. we can recap later. Sure, I think that wouldn't be a problem. I've seen you use it before. It can't be that difficult. All right. Well, let's do this. All right. Plenty to unveil. I'm Sam Saxon. I'm Joff DeRoot. And you're listening to Tales Unveiled, where we explore urban legends. This episode of Tales Unveiled is sponsored by Oki Comics. For another unique exploration of Oklahoma stories in comic book form, check out okiecomics.com. That's O-K-I-E comics.com. All right. Thank you for joining me. Hi. Happy to see you again. Yes. Good to see you. So I'm Kayla Coffey. And I'm Anna Farha. And we're Localites OKC. It's been a while since we toured the Overholster Mansion together. Yeah, it has been. It's been a crazy year so far. And I'm glad you were able to meet with me at, here at Clarity Coffee in downtown Oklahoma City to, I kind of want to recap some of the places we've been and I wanted to get like another like journalistic opinion on some of the stories and places we visit. Just kind of get like an outside perspective and see like what stories you may have heard. So. Oh, we've got you. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to start since we went to the Overholster Mansion. Um, I'm going to actually start with the Skirvin Hotel and like I want to know what stories have you personally heard about the Skirvin Hotel? Well, my dad used to drive limos and he would drive a lot of the NBA players who would come into town. So that's when I first started hearing about it was around when the thunder came here. Mm -hmm. I don't think before that I'd really known much about it, but mm -hmm. with all of the hype with the basketball players coming into town and that's always where they would stay that's when I started hearing that spooky things were happening. Yeah, so when I was in high school and college, um, when I would be home here in, in Oklahoma City from school, my friends and I would meet up and then like walk around the myriad gardens and walk around downtown and go down to the tunnels and stuff at night when everything was closed and no one was around. Um, and we'd walk by the Skirvin Hotel and like kind of trade ghost stories about it. So we'd always heard about, is it, is it Effie? The yeah, that, yeah, Effie. Is Effie, one of them. who was the the maid that that got knocked up and then got shut upstairs and then killed herself. Supposedly, yep. Supposedly. One of the other stories we've kind of heard contradictions. Ones was that story actually happened at another hotel and not actually the Skirvin. Skirvin, what one of those? What's it called? Urban Ms. legends. Urban legends. Just, yeah. I was like, what? It, there's movies about it. <laughs> And do you think the NBA players that have stayed there were telling the truth and they weren't like pranking each other? 
I mean, it's very possible they would be pranking each other because I think boys do that. But um, I don't know. I think people often, when they feel like they've experienced something like that, I don't think they're they're making it up when they want people to know. I think it'd be a weird thing to make up, you know? Yeah. Like, coming from my own experience, I've had my own paranormal experiences. I grew up with a ghost, and it's like, that would be such a weird thing to make up. You grew up with a ghost? I did. So I'm from rural Oklahoma, and my house, we were the second people to own it. And so there was a family in it before, and it happened to be the grandfather of one of my classmates. And so we assumed it was his ghost. He did pass away in the house, Mm -hmm. um, and so we called it Grandpa Anna Shot. Hmm. And he would go up and down our staircase, open doors, and he even played my bop it one night, even after I took the batteries out of it. Wow. And we know that he only went into the original part of the house and would walk through like weird places where doors used to be. Like after we remodeled, he wouldn't go into any of the new parts, any of the add-ons, and he would walk through walls that used to have doors in it. That creepy. Is certainly <laughs> creepy. I'm sure the professor is missing out on this story. Right? He's going to need to know more about that. Oh. All right. Well, I wanted to... Speaking of the professor, where is he? Oh, he had a He's doing another interview with another history buff about the Chinese tunnel, so, and I was meeting you at the same time, so we couldn't, I sent him with some equipment and we just kind of split paths. We'll look forward to hearing his interview. Yes. So I wanted to ask, uh, the Tower Theater, I know you're Mm. two big fans of the Tower Theater. What do you think of that place? Well, I know that we listened to your interview with Steven Tyler about Uh it, and I have some some words for him about at the end where he said, I just made it all up and was trying to back out of it. I don't believe that for a second. You don't I don't be- either. You don't? You think some no. of the stuff he said really did happen? And I think more. I think he was holding back. That place has had a long history. You just walk in and you kind of feel the spooky vibes. I mean, it did burn to the ground at one point. Exactly. <laughs> There's some definite weird juju going on with that. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Kendall's Restaurant in Noble by any chance? Yes, I have. Anna has. I've been trying to get her to take me for a while. Yeah, I've, I've been a couple of times. Did Usually, you try the chicken fried steak challenge? Not the challenge, <laughs> no. But That's what I will do when I go. <laughs> but yes, I have, I have had that, and I've had their chicken tenders, catfish. They have a lot of good home cooking food, if you will. Have you heard of any of the ghost stories before you went there, or was it after? I hadn't, actually. I, I'd been with some people who were from Norman, and Kendall's is kind of like a close destination place people in Norman like to go to, and so I was just brought there with different groups, and we would be in the back room, but I hadn't heard any real history about the place. It definitely creeped me out hearing about it, like with all the alarms going off and whatnot. No. Oh my gosh. Well, um, again, I know you're big on the Oklahoma City scene about Film Row. Any stories? Have you been in the Paramount building yourself? Or? Well, just recently we got to be there um, when Dead Center did their grand opening. And so I hadn't listened to the episode yet, but Alex Picard was telling me about the ghost in the basement. Yeah. At the Dead Center Grand Opening. Okay. And I was like, oh my goodness. I was down there exploring alone, and I like went into the little back room, and I was like, this is creepy. And she's like, it's also haunted. Yeah, I did go into that room where she had talked about where they recorded their film, mm-hmm. and it it definitely had vibes. You felt For some sure. vibes. Yes. 
anywhere kind of still in that same area to check out anything else and you know of any other stories in Film Row that you heard heard about? Well, Film Row has such a rich history, and I'm so excited to have the film aspect coming back specifically to the Paramount building, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I haven't heard enough stories about it. Like, I know that it has a rich history, and I don't know who's been preserving that and telling that story, whether from ghost stories or even just everything that was going on back in the day there. Mm -hmm. So, I actually haven't heard that much. No, I haven't either. I I want to hear more. I know a chunk of it was lost um, throughout time. All those... Every so when you have that much flammable stuff, there's bound to be fires. Yeah. Well, shifting over to another popular district, the Bricktown. What stories have you heard about the Bricktown district? I feel like I've heard something about the spaghetti warehouse building. Ooh. But I I can't think of it. But I feel like that building, something about it. I feel like I've heard. Yeah, we weren't able to interview anybody about the spaghetti warehouse, but we did interview one somebody from Bricktown Brewery who mm-hmm. used to have, you know, a friend that would work there and they would talk about all sorts of spooky stuff happening there at the spaghetti warehouse. And I want warehouse. them to create that VR named after the ghost. Mm, yeah, that the Kindle. The, uh, the, ki- uh, ki- uh, the Kindle, yes. Kindle. Yes. They said they tried to brew it twice and something kept going wrong. Okay. The ghost kept messing with it. Yeah. Again, I believe it because otherwise why would something go wrong every time you tried it? Well, and I think maybe why I feel that way about the spaghetti warehouse building is because of the boarded windows. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like any place that has boarded windows, that something happened there. <laughs> Yeah, um, though they are in the process of cleaning it up they and are. getting stuff. They'll, they'll be you... unboarding the windows. I oh. saw that they found one of the old streetcars in there too. Oh, yeah. There was like an old trolley upstairs or something weird, How like would part that get of the streetcar. I don't know. But I, it was like I know because I you know actually went about? to the spaghetti warehouse back when it was still open. Oh, yeah, I went and I remember they had a, like an actual streetcar was like one of the dining rooms you can mm. go inside. Oh, okay. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. it was like a theme thing. Yeah, like I know a, I yeah. saw it in pictures and like through the windows. So the last time I actually ate at the Spaghetti Warehouse was before I went to a haunted house in Bricktown, like the Haunted Warehouse or whatever they do Oh, yes, down yeah, there. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they stopped doing they've that stopped a couple years that. ago. Yeah, yeah, it was like back in 2011, but I guess maybe I associate Spaghetti Warehouse with spooky stuff too because <laughs> that was definitely the last time I ate there. Yeah. Oh, that was certainly a different time back then. Bricktown certainly have changed and come a long ways. I know. I think we see a little bit more of, of the hauntings and the ghost stories from all of these preserved spaces and it's really I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing um, but that so much of Oklahoma City has been lost to development mm-hmm. and them knocking stuff down I would really be interested to see if there's like ghosts still lingering in the myriad gardens even without having like the actual spaces there or even from like where the stage center was yes or, yeah. yeah we'll find out soon enough eventually <laughs> So, have you either of you been to Guthrie by any chance? Yes, yes, I have. And the last time I was there was actually in is it the the Masonic Lodge? Uh, we didn't actually get a chance to go to the Masonic to Lodge. In. No, oh. we isn't that the one that has the awesome like ceiling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's insane. The whole thing is insane. Did they? Did you go on the guided tour? Did... I didn't know. I was there for an event. Mrs. Oklahoma is hosted there every year, mm. and I had a friend competing. Did you hear of any ghost stories from people there working there? Any the, spooky encounters? Yes. So everyone always talks about Guthrie.
history being so haunted because it's like the start, the original it's capital. the oldest town. Yeah, the oldest town. Um, and so they had talked about um, people backstage and like weird stuff with the lights and things like that. Um, and that kind of weirded me out. I, I come from a theater background and I'm like, I do not want anything spooky going on behind me backstage, especially if I'm on stage and you don't know about it. It's like happening behind you and the crew's like trying to keep you guys calm. Mm. It's really freaky. Mm. Have you heard anything about Guthrie? Anything else besides the temple? Hmm. I really haven't been to Guthrie in a while. Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. Hmm. What about the Stone Line Inn? I have, have been you... dying to go to it. Yes. Dying to go. That's, that's maybe not the best choice of words there. Well, if you play one of the murder mystery games, you could actually die. I could. Um, no, I have not. But it sounds like a blast, and I would be down to go and to stay. Hmm. Well, I kind of want to. That was just kind of a nice recap, so I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I want to uh, ask kind of a general question of, like, have you had any ghost stories that you've heard that we haven't really covered yet that you think should be known about? I mean, I'd like to know more about just other districts in the city. Recently, the Britain District is branding themselves, which mm. is off of, like, Britain Road and the whole area between Lake Hefner down to I-235. And a yeah. lot of those buildings are pretty old. And, mm. and they're refurbing the Owl Court there. I, I saw a bunch of footage from that when they did their mixer. And I, I used to live along that road. And when I lived in the village, I traveled that road a lot. Um, so that kind of goes with the theme of rebuilding previously distraught buildings. And so I'm sure there's a history to be told there. What about elsewhere in Oklahoma? Have you heard of any other stories throughout the state? Yes. Well, I mentioned earlier that I'm from rural Oklahoma, and it's a small town adjacent to um, El Reno in Canadian County. And so we would um, sometimes drive around in the dark and explore places out there, and that's very close to Concho. Uh, you guys might be familiar with Lucky Star Casino, but if you go a little bit further, it's basically a ghost town in and of itself, but they have a haunted old Concho Indian school that as I think it's all shut down now in private property and you can't go onto it, but I definitely remember it's like a 16 year old like sneaking into there at night with flashlights, like trying to, to see if we could see any of the ghosts. Hmm, there might have to be something to research. Definitely. Well, I thank you for your time for letting me talk to you about some of the stories you have. Yeah, no, of course. Well, and since, since Professor Joff isn't here, do you mind if we, we talk to you a little bit about him? How much do you know about his past? No, not a whole lot. He's pretty pretty well-reserved. I mean, we've carpooled several times for the show, but, you know, no, not really Sherry type of guy. Why? Well, we've heard a couple of things about him. Did you know that his fiance was murdered? Uh, no, I hadn't heard that. He hasn't mentioned that at all. Well, it's kind of something you probably wouldn't bring up all of the time but that's true. something to be curious about well especially since he's so obsessed with ghosts and, and the macabre and things like that mm. i wonder if that's related it might explain a few things like he's been pretty obsessive with his notebook and mm -hmm. i opened up and got a sneak peek of it and it was definitely written by a woman so i'm wondering if it was a gift her notebook yeah a Ooh. gift by her or something so Interesting. Well, their house, uh, their apartment rather, had been broken into and supposedly 
whoever did that was who murdered her. Ooh, I know. That's we have a cop friend, and you should definitely talk to him. He might be able to give you some more specific details on that. Yeah, sure. Why don't you pass me along the information? Yeah, here. Let me drop you his phone number. All right. Thank you. Yeah. I, I appreciate. I'm definitely gonna have to give this officer a call and see what he has to say. Definitely. Her name is Anastasia Wheeler. And yes, that is the Wheeler of Oklahoma City, Wheeler District, Ferris Wheel. Hmm. Yeah. That's... Definitely some history there. Yeah, some history there. All right. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Where can people find you at? We are at Localites OKC on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram.com, and at Gmail. Yes, she got them all in there. Yes, and we love to hear from you guys. Um, Not always about spooky things. I mean, we're definitely here for the ghost stories, and it's so cool to see um, all of the amazing history of Oklahoma, and especially Oklahoma City, that you've been unveiling, if you will. But our specialty is definitely all of the incredible things happening here in Oklahoma City. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. I reached out to the Localites cop friend, a Detective West, who had apparently retired recently, and told him that I was researching Anastasia Wheeler for a story. He agreed with me to meet with him at his place. However, before I share that conversation, here's what the professor recorded. Hello, hello, testing, one, two, three, one, two, three. I'm sorry, I'm I'm very unfamiliar with this uh, equipment. Well, I I think it is recording. Uh, I see that there is a red light on at this exact moment, so um, I think it's working perfectly well right now. That makes no sense whatsoever. Red? Red would mean stop. No, um, red often is an, a light of activation, meaning warning, or that this is something is active and it, you are to be aware of it. Now, here, I'll back it up and sh- I'll, I'll show you. Okay, so we have been recording. <laughs> this is Professor Joff Derout. Uh, I am sitting here with uh, Wendell Holmes, Oklahoma historian. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be able to speak with you. So we are at Waving Wheat Bakery and Bistro in Norman, Oklahoma. I've had a delightful vanilla chai latte. Um, I particularly like their grilled cheese sandwiches. Not just simple ones, but they add bacon, they add fruits, they add all sorts of wonderful things. Uh, a wonderful lunch to be had. Now, down to business. You said you knew something about George Grayson. Yes, uh, George Grayson. Well, as you may be aware, he was a believed wizard uh, living here in Oklahoma. Uh, was up in Guthrie, Oklahoma for a time, um, but then was and was believed to have done charms and other little trinkets for the African-American community in Guthrie, but was eventually ran out of town, at which point he moved, it is believed he moved down into Oklahoma City. Yes, I've read the article, and um, his name just keeps coming up again and again as we seem to do our explorations of Oklahoma City folklore and history. Oh yes, uh, he keeps popping up. Uh, it's believed that he once spoke with Mr. Overholster. Um, he was a member of the Standard Theater Company um, in the Tower Theater back in the 1930s. Um, it is also said that he was once a, an employee of the Oklahoma Candy Company. 
And there were times that he was seen drinking at the bar with Mr. Skirvin in, the, in his hotel. So it seems he's quite a man about town. Oh yes, a man about town and interestingly enough, a man under town as well. Uh, yes, we've seen very many markings in basements and, and tunnels that uh, as we've been exploring these different buildings in Oklahoma City. Yes, uh, there have been reports of that. Uh, one of the big reasons I wished to speak to you today was about some of those markings we found down in the Chinese tunnels. The Chinese tunnels? I've read vague things about those. Or Tell me about them. Well, the Chinese tunnels were a result of Chinese workers that came to Oklahoma. They were railroad workers, and they had moved into Oklahoma, but due to xenophobia and a just general disregard for any other culture besides white bread America, they were only allowed to live in small section of the town. Their population continued to grow, but they weren't allowed to move out of that section. No one would sell them any land. With things being what they were in construction-wise, brick and wood, they weren't able to grow their buildings very high. To combat this in overpopulation, they started to build underground, creating a series of Chinese network tunnels that allowed them to live while continuing to grow their population. So, and where were these tunnels? They were believed to be the, the space between Robinson Avenue and Grand Street, where nowadays the Myriad Gardens and the Civic Center now lie above ground. Well, if that's where the mirrored gardens are now, where what happened? Uh, well, as it was a result of a casualty of I.M. Pei's plan for urban renewal. Uh, as a result, many of those tunnels were destroyed during this urban renewal, in which case the myriad gardens and the civic center were built upon their remains. So if that's what happened to the buildings, what happened to the people living there? Uh, well, the people left, it is and they left rather quickly, as it is said. Um, a local, Hazel Savage, who once lived nearby as a youngster to the Chinese tunnels in 1947, recalled watching the Chinese neighbors, but by 1948, they were just gone. It's officially believed that they went to California, um, perhaps to live with relatives who were on the east or the western coast. It's also believed that many of them may have left to go back to China to fight in the Nationalist Communist Revolution. That is the official reasoning, but the unofficial is perhaps that because Grayson showed up so many times in the Oklahoma City region, that it may have been due to supernatural reasons that the Chinese people left their tunnels. It was in the 1910 census, there were over 800 individuals. 90% of them were male at the time. It would, it would be very difficult for 800 people to have suddenly left all at once. Rather interesting, don't you agree? My skeptical co-host would probably say, oh, it must have just been people looking for work. Well, that would be the official reasons. But a good historian looks between the lines from what's official and what's unofficial. I agree. Uh, 
Officially, George Shirk, the mayor of Oklahoma City from 1964 to 1967, did an official examination of the Chinese tunnels. He was an amateur historian himself. He called himself Mr. Oklahoma History. This was during the 1965 pay plan that he did this. It was around 19, yes, 1969 that he did an expedition into the tunnels themselves. However, as extensive as all of the people have said the tunnels was, he didn't spend a great deal of time down there. In fact, he was quoted as saying, why do people still care about this? Sounds fishy to me. Yes, why would Mr. Oklahoma history want to forget history? Perhaps it was a history that was better left unsaid. Well, what did he find? Well, there were countless things that they found. Uh, there was a series of rooms, uh, about six and a half by four and a half feet each. Uh, they were covered with posters, uh, newspaper editorial cartoons of Chinese people. Uh, other walls had sheets filled with writing, including numbers and calculations. Doors were set into the floor about four feet off the ground, each of them having a double lock for some reason. Other rooms were less strange and larger, up to 25 feet long. These seemed to be more like living quarters. They held sinks and stoves, coat hooks, and even windows into other rooms, not up to the upper grounds. Each room had a hanging light bulb and a concrete floor. They were actually quite well made for the times. It wasn't just dirt, little dirty holes. There's believed that there was even a Buddhist temple along with catacombs for an underground cemetery. So you said this is where the Cox Convention Center is, where the Myriad Gardens are, correct? Uh, that is correct. Most of the tunnels lied underneath those areas. They were unfortunately destroyed during the urban renewal plan. But now we have the new Scissortail Park going in. Could, could there be new entrances into these tunnels? It's quite possible. The tunnels were very extensive, and official reports are muddied at best. Well, I think I'll give it a look. Um, excuse me. I, I believe you've left your microphone on. Um, sir, please don't leave this room just yet. <laughs> the mic is still here. I arrived at Detectives West's modest home to be greeted with a well-manicured lawn and a security camera glaring down at me from the front porch. I rang the doorbell and was invited in by West, who lived alone. We sat down at his dining room table, which was small enough for perhaps two people to eat at comfortably. The centerpiece candles looked a little dusty, like they hadn't been lit in ages. He offered me coffee, which I declined as I set up the recording gear. Thank you for meeting with me, Detective West. Anytime. Nice to make an old retired detective feel useful. You said this was for the radio? Well, technically a podcast, which is part of a radio studio. You know, trying to diversify with the times. <laughs> anyway, I was told that you worked on a case for Anastasia Wheeler, correct? Yes, that's correct. What can you tell me about it? Well, it was a robbery that went wrong. Miss Wheeler was at home at her apartment at the time an individual broke in. 
Why would someone want to rob her? She was an antiquities dealer. My guess was that the perp knew she had valuable items at her home and went in to rob the place, but wasn't expecting her. What makes you think no one was expecting her? Well, the murder weapon was a fire poker, which she had been impaled with. That's gruesome. And strange. Strange? How so? The area around the wound was burnt, like the poker was on fire. Yet there was no fire. It was summer after all. That is a bit strange. I have to ask, was her fiancé, Jaftarut, a suspect at any point? No, not at all. He was teaching at the time. Plus, they weren't married yet, and so there was nothing for him to gain. I mean, we did look into him, but he was clean. Anything else about the case that stood out to you? Do you remember what was stolen by any chance? Nothing else, really. Hmm. I don't recall what was taken either. It's sad that we never did find out who did it. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Detective West. You're welcome. Hopefully my interview will shed some new light on this cold case. Well, I didn't learn that much from the former detective, but the clarity was helpful. After the meeting, I came back to the studio to find the audio equipment the professor had borrowed tossed about on my desk. On top was a yellow sticky note that read, Audio was recorded. I checked it. Have a class to teach. I decided to speak to the professor about Anastasia the next time I saw him. I'm Sam Saxon, and you've been listening to Tales Unveiled. Tune in next time for a season finale. Tales Unveiled is a production of the show Starts Now Studios and is produced by Dennis Spielman. The voice of Sam Saxton is Dennis Spielman. The voice of Professor Jeff DeRoot is Jeff Provine. This episode features the voice talents of Kayla Coffey and Anna Farha from Localites OKC as themselves, Paul Evan as Wendell Holmes, and Mel Roberts as Detective West. This episode's advice comes from Will Rogers. The best way out of a difficulty is through it. Mm-hmm.